Thank you so much for tuning in to the UBC podcast. I'm joined here today by Malvika Aaron, founder of Accelerator Plus, a platform that helps students land their internships or full-time jobs. And today with Malvika, we'll be talking about something that plays a huge role in your success in landing your internship, especially if it's your first internship. And those things are your resumes and your cover letters. So before we get ahead and talk about that, Malvika, do you want to introduce yourself? Thank you so much for having me here, Hima. Um, hi, everyone. My name is Malvika. I'm a fourth-year student at UBC Sauter studying business technology management. And I'm also the founder of Accelerate Plus, which is a company that's dedicated to helping students find jobs, so preparing them for life after college, whether it be skill development, resume, cover letter, interview preparation. And so I'm really excited to talk about some of those things with you today here. No, that's awesome. And I'm sure it's like, you'd probably be a great person to talk to about these things. Um, and I first obviously came across like your profile, I guess on, on LinkedIn when I saw the stuff you were doing with Accelerate Plus. And I always like knew that you'd be a great person to talk to if I ever wanted to maybe explore some of these things. So it's pretty cool to have you here. And I guess to kick things off, um, let's talk a little bit about like so everyone's getting into this space where they're going to start applying for co-ops and internships mm-hmm. and I guess full-time jobs for some people as well. So mm-hmm. let's talk a little bit about resumes and cover letters and I guess let's just introduce them as what are they and what's the purpose they serve. Absolutely. Um, so I think if I had to describe resume, I'd say it's a picture of you that you want to put forward in front of the person that sees it, right? So it's a story that you're telling, the value proposition that you're bringing to their company. So when people sometimes approach resumes, they'll approach it in a very... Um, here's what I've done, or here's all the positions I held in the past, which is a good thing, but it necessarily doesn't bring your value forward. What you really want to be able to do is it's a one-page document that shows what can you do for the company or what can you do for others. Um, Cover letter, on the other hand, is a story too. So cover letter, you can go in a little bit more depth and you can talk about some of your failures, some of your success, some of your thought process. So your resume is more achievement and accomplishment focused and your cover letter is more story focused that brings along the reader with you on that journey. So um, both of them are extremely important in applying for jobs and helping you stand out. Um, More often than not, resume is a requirement and cover letters sometimes might be optional. So yeah, that's a little bit of like an overview of how I like to describe a resume. Yeah, no, I think that was was pretty great how you said that a resume is like a snapshot or like a a picture of you that you want to put forward. I think that's definitely true. Um, Given how like succinct it is, like it's so specific and has things exactly to the point, right? And cover letters, usually the space where you kind of speak to your experiences and, and like talk about that story that you just mentioned and just on the length of resumes, right? Something we talked about in our previous podcast as well. Um, one of the ones that did was that resumes have to be a page long and in the odd scenario, like with like people who have technical backgrounds applying for technical roles might have some resumes that are longer than a page. So tell me a little bit about that. Like why, why are we always like sticking to this format of having a one page resume? That's a very interesting question. I think partially is because of the attention span. When recruiters look at your resume or when a company looks at your resume, they uh, an average resume is only looked at for six seconds. And anything longer than a page, six seconds is just not enough to take a glance and skim through some of the important stuff. And what a resume is also not is a CV, which is a laundry list of everything you've done in your entire life. 
So the resume is so specific to the jobs that you're applying and the value that you brought in those positions that we or anybody recommends that it, it be one page unless of course in special cases like you said um you're doing something very technical and you need to have all those details in or you have like six seven ten years of experience and you have tons of relevant experience and that's when you can go past that one page requirement but usually generally because of that attention span requirement of six seconds one page is the perfect amount to put forward um your relevant skills and experiences i see and like on that topic of having specific resumes how far would you go to make like a resume specific to a job right because i know for the ones that i've applied i've tried to except for i guess the general stuff like education and like courses that i've taken things like that i've tried to almost tailor every single point that's on my resume to the job or to the company so mm-hmm. tell me about that like how far do you, would you go with that process um so when i approach students um about advice with resumes and cover letters, I always ask them and I always start the conversation with what kind of jobs are you looking to apply for? What kind of roles are you interested in? And more often than not, a student who has kind of figured out their areas of interest or their field of interest will have anywhere from one to three kinds of jobs they're looking for. It could be product management, could be strategy, could be consulting, could be anything. And um, a lot of the time, students don't stick to one, which is perfectly fine. And I think it's actually a really good thing that uh, we don't stick to one. So I would encourage anyone who's approaching the resume tailoring to see what are those one or one, two or three uh, roles that keep coming back that you find interesting. And then you can go ahead and create like a database of all the job descriptions that you come across in those specific roles. And that job description, you will start to see overlapping skills, overlapping keywords, overlapping um, pointers. And that's what you should use when you're tailoring your, tailoring your resume. Because um, when you're applying for jobs, a lot of the similar jobs will have similar like requirements, a similar roles that you'll be doing. So if you track it over time and you're able to recognize those patterns then when it comes to the job application you don't necessarily have to tailor as much you still need to tailor it according to the company that you're applying to but you still have a good frame of reference and a good reference point to start off with so that's what i recommend is having those master resume uh, and then breaking them up into the relevant jobs that you want to apply to and on the topic of like having a master resume right um what I heard from you saying is that having a strong idea of what kind of roles you want to get into or what industries you want to get into and then working your way down to the posting or the specific job that you're applying to, right, is, is, is the process. And I think that makes a lot of sense as well. Um, I know that even in my own conversations with students, when they've said like, okay, what should I put on my resume? It's always like, it depends. Like, what are you applying for? Um, so it, there's really no right or wrong answer. It's just what's best suited for recruiters in that industry um, and talk, going back to the attention span as well, what I've noticed as well is that recruiters will probably jump to sections that are very important to the role first, um, given that they have they have so much, they have less time reviewing and reviewing like a resume or a cover letter. So it is important that you like pack information in like in your resume in a way that recruiters are reading it as soon as possible. Okay. And going back to like your own experiences with co-op and stuff, like what have you learned about your own resume and your cover letter throughout? 
Um, well, first off, it's always evolving. Um, so you will see multiple iterations and multiple versions, even within the same month, depending on how frequently you are looking for a new role or how frequently you want to ch change up how you're talking about a specific role. And the second is sometimes it can be really hard to quantify the value or the achievements that you brought in a past role if you do it too much, too, too late in the process. So for example, if I did my co-op in September and now I want to apply for summer now if I sit and like I want to update my resume in April or May then I would have to think back to September and say what was it that I actually did what was the exact outcome of the things that I was doing and sometimes I think students or anyone can get caught up in the oh I'll go back to the job description and I'll see what I did, but then they're not able to speak to what results did those actions bring. So I think it's really, really important. And this is something I'm learning and I'm doing now is as you're doing your job or a specific role that you think is really interesting and you want to put on your resume, then track those metrics, have a spreadsheet and track those simple metrics of what are the outcomes and what are the tasks that you're doing so that you can go back and put them on your resume whenever and update it and keep it updated. That's a great tip. And something that came to my mind when you were talking about that is that let's say you're a student now who maybe is in their second year and just got into co-op or maybe is in their third year and just got into co-op and they're coming off having not that much work experience, right? Maybe most of their work experiences with extracurriculars or stuff they've done in high school. Yeah. Tell us about like, so some challenges they face is like the, the ability that they want to show a lot of experience, but they don't have it yet, or maybe not relevant work experience. So tell me, how did you, how did you go about your own resume and cover letter at the times when you didn't have enough work experience to put on there? That's a really good question. I think that is one of the biggest hurdle is getting your first internship or getting your first co-op. And, you know, people think they don't have a lot of value to add, but, um, Trust me, I think everyone has experience that they can speak to that's made them the person um, that's valid for a job or that's good enough for a job. And it also speaks to their interest of why they're motivated to apply for their job in the first place. So um, I would encourage people who are in that stage, students specifically in that stage, to look beyond just like the traditional jobs or internships. This could mean something like, externship online this could mean something like a group project that you did this could mean something like you know him on your podcast like it's a passion project and you're impacting so many students today so it can be anything where you applied specific skills um and they helped you develop those skills and experiences that you can now transfer to any other job that you apply for so uh something i love to include are obviously volunteer experience, any passion project you might have, um, any kind of um, any kind of project that like helped you build the skill that you have today. That's what I would encourage. And any kind of skill development that you did could be courses. So at that time, all of those things speak to your leadership, speak to your communication, speak to the specific technical skills even sometimes that you developed, and they help you get that first relevant job uh, that you were applying for. Mm -hmm. That's a great call out. And one of the things you mentioned, I actually don't know what that is. What is an externship? Um, it's the first time I'm hearing about it. Oh, yeah, for sure. So externships are usually virtual and they're a very new concept in the career development space. And what they are are short-term projects that you do with companies to kind of see how companies work. A really popular um, 
company that's doing that right now is called the Farage. And what they do is they bring in all these Fortune 500 companies, uh, JP Morgan, Deloitte, all these different companies, and they give you online uh, projects that are five to eight hours in length. So you really get to see what is it like being a Deloitte analyst? What is it like working at software engineering at Google? And those are really good ways to one, learn about the company and how they, they work. And two, learn about your own skill set and develop some of those skills if you want to go into the specific industry. So externships are becoming really, really popular now. Um, and they're growing, like they're growing slowly, but they're getting there. And it's a very new concept. So it's, it's a great opportunity for students to take on to build that experience. Yeah, and just when you said that, I realized I did the Forage um, JP Morgan Virtual Software Engineering Internship thingy. Um, I I did it because I was like I could use some technical, some a little bit more technical experience on my on my resume because I'm in the Bucks program, but I lean more towards business. So I wanted to just pad my resume a little bit with more of the technical stuff, and yeah. it was it was kind of helpful also from the point that I always wondered what software engineers really did when they worked at banks. Um, so look at some of the assignments. One of the deliverables was like you build a dashboard for like reporting or analytics. And I was like, okay, maybe that's one function um, that a large team of software developers might be doing at a company like JP Morgan. Just on that note of like, we've talked about resumes, we've talked about cover letters, we've talked about structure, content, everything. But something that I feel like is also important a lot, um, a lot is like your color and your well, I guess what I'm saying is your formatting or your theme yeah, that yeah. you're following with your documents. Uh, when I first started, I had like, I think I remember some kind of maroon. I don't know, I don't know why, but I remember that. But it was just like maroon, black, and then the white space in the resume, obviously. Um, but tell me what you've learned or what you've heard about what colors you should be using on your resumes or cover letters. I think, again, it's very um, relative to the jobs that you're applying and to the industry that you're in. Some industries are very traditional, like consulting, could be finance, could be investment banking. Um, they're more traditional. They want to keep a simple black and white, very uh, basic formatting. And this, that's just uh, for the sake of you know ease. Other companies or other industries like marketing or design or some of the more creative fields allow you a little bit more space to add your personal touch to, to the resume. So in that case, you can go ahead and like add a little bit of color. What I would not recommend is using one of the Canva templates or one of the pre-made like online templates and the reason for that is when you're applying to bigger firms or even sometimes smaller firms they go through the ATS system which is an applicant tracking system and what that does is it filters out keywords and picks up keywords from your resume to see if you're a good match for the role and when you use these templates it doesn't actually pick up any text uh, all it picks up is pictures and so you're automatically rejected and you didn't they didn't even get to see um, you know, the resume that you actually had. So if you are going to add a little bit of color, make sure you're still like making your resume on like MS Word or pages, like the most basic uh, template, but add your own personal brand and touch to it. Yeah, good call out. Uh, Microsoft Word can be a pain in the ass though, um, at least for me personally, just with like all, like every time you move something, it just like starts freaking out. Yes, MS Word can be really like a pain in the ass when you're creating a resume, not just for formatting, but sometimes people don't know what to write or how to even start. Um, Microsoft actually offers a service integrated with LinkedIn. So if you go under, I believe, it's called Resume Assistant. 
on Microsoft Word itself, and you in- enter your industry and you enter your role, you're actually able to see what other people have put for that industry and for that role on their LinkedIn's or on their resumes. And I think that's a wonderful starting point. I've used it a ton myself. I think that that's a wonderful starting point for students to see what kind of keywords, what kind of word framing, what kind of pointers are people using in that specific role? And then you can add those in re- in relation to like your own experiences. So that's a very big advantage that Microsoft Word offers and um, definitely check it out. It's called Resume Assistant. That's awesome. Yeah, that's a great tip. Um, I'm, I guess when I'm posting this stuff on like whatever social media platforms, I'll, I'll collect a bunch of tips you're giving because you're giving a few and they're all tremendous. 